Where the Whiteboards Are, a podcast by educators about all things education. On this episode of Where the Whiteboards Are, we are going to dive into a hot topic that we've had listeners write to us about. We've had lots of colleagues and peers out there talk about this subject. As well as we've technically already had conversations about it as well. We have. Yeah, we have. Eric and I talk about it in our home a lot. And that subject is artificial intelligence. AI. The Matrix. Probably the only AI that will really talk about disrupting education is probably chat gpt there's another one by open ai what's the other one oh i don't know if i'm gonna get the name right but it's like quillbot or something yeah for my purposes that one's way more insidious and actually creates more concerns for me but we can talk about that later is it like a a language model ai in the same sense that chat gpt is okay it has a simpler premise so like the whole thing is you give it information it summarizes the information is like really its only function. So ChatGPT obviously has way more capabilities, um, but I find this other one more worrisome. Okay. So there, there, this is obviously a big issue. It's constantly evolving. We are recording this um, in January of, of 2023. Yep. And we'll probably release this prior to some of our already pre-recorded episodes. I think that's a good idea. Just to make sure that it's out there and current at the time. But the field is always evolving. Right. Chat GPT is at some point this year we'll get a new version, version four coming out that okay. will expand what it can do. Oh, I didn't even know. No. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize that it's technically been live since like June or July of last year of hmm. 22, something like that. But I didn't hear about it. Like I didn't honestly, I, the first place I heard about it was TikTok. Same. Right. And uh, right. like people were like, oh, this is going to disrupt education. It was like November, end of October, mm-hmm. November is whenever I first heard about it. Right. So it officially opened in November of 2022. Um, oh, wow. but it's really developed it during 2020, during the, the COVID dark times. <laughs> um, Again, <laughs> I, love, I love how we all chuckle at that right. <laughs> as if it wasn't severely traumatic for everybody. <laughs> so for anybody who, who doesn't know what this AI does, well, I don't think that we'll be able to encompass its full capabilities because no. I don't think all of us have that experience but the big thing is that uh and again we're going to keep this kind of simple is that you can put in a prompt and this ai can create uh, an essay it can create poetry it can Mm -hmm. give you feedback Mm -hmm. on writing song lyrics Um, code yeah it, it can do so many things so in in terms of the education world to me the easiest thing to see where it causes issues is in your classes where there's essay writing Mm -hmm. and that's not just your english language Mm -hmm. arts classes that's so many higher level classes where you have to write essays or papers that sort of thing um and there's lots of talk we're not gonna all agree um but i think it's it's worth having that conversation uh so we have two english teachers here sam and amanda let's talk about your experiences with any AI issues that have happened this current uh, school year? Sam has had one already. Two. Two. Two already for an AP class, which is kind of concerning, right? Wasn't mm-hmm. your one for AP? Mm-mm. 
<sighs> no, just English three. So my juniors. Um, so I've had it in two capabilities or two capacities that I know of for sure. So that like, let's say it's a weekend that all of a sudden chat GPT is the main central focus on TikTok, at least on my for you page, which makes sense. Right. Um, so that happens to coincide with our finals week and I take care of virtual education and immediately I get two final essays submitted that are obviously produced off this thing. Like I didn't really even have to think about it. I just was like, oh, those those came from there. So it's obvious to you, but can you give us a little bit of insight about what kind of made the red flags go up? Sure. Um, so if you're complete asking, sentences as usual, yeah. first, <laughs> first so true, coherent. so yeah. true. Uh, the use of an M dash. Whoa. <laughs> um, um, so if you're asking, because after this happened, I like made an account. I played around on it to verify my suspicions. Um, so if you're asking chat GPT to produce an essay, like if you give it a generic, not generic, but an essay style prompt where it knows it's writing an essay, um, they all look the same. Like if you just like visually look at them, like don't even read them. The paragraphs are very similar length. They're all the same amount of paragraphs and they just have this look that is automatically a red flag because of almost how cookie cutter they are. Um, and then additionally, like as someone who is trained in the field of literature and writing, a human didn't write them. Like it's just, there's no, um, uniqueness or like that individual component that when you're a teacher for English you get used to with your students like you know their ability level you know their voice even if they're not aware that they have one um, and this simply doesn't have that it's just like produced for me the you know most fundamental acceptable form of writing um, so that was like a really big indicator very quickly. Model of language not yes. the organic creation of or the, the thought process of Yes. And that's recognizable. So if okay. I pulled up like, uh, you know, especially at this point in time, it's finals. So I have a semester's worth of your writing that I have read because I do take it upon myself to actually read your writing. The students weirdly think we don't, which yeah. I think is strange. Um, <laughs> so I have a semester's worth of your work. And then all of a sudden I have this like outlier. It's They're essentially like data points where I'm like, this is, is not right. So I like went on there and I put the prompt in there and the first essay that pops up isn't word for word the same, but it, it is the same. Like the transitional words are different, but like the topics and the main concepts are all the same. So I was like, oh, OK, this is what I thought. The second thing is I had the Quill bot, if that is in fact its real name, um, where we were just doing a historical context assignment in my English three class and immediately like three kids get on this. And that's kind of why I said that's more concerning for me because like ultimately if you're feeling lazy and you're not going to do some writing, like you're not participating in that process authentically anyway, you might not even be benefiting from doing that writing. But I do want to know by the time you graduate high school that you can read and interpret information for yourself. And if you have to rely on an outside source just to understand information, that's very scary for me because then anybody can control your understanding of a concept because you can't do it for yourself. So the summarizing thing makes me way more nervous than like the, well, I wasn't going to turn in an essay anyway. And now I'm just turning in, you know, academically dishonest work. Regurgitated robot. Yes. Yeah. So those were my two experiences. And in that second case for all three of them, we have like a little go guardian feature where I'm big brother watching them, you know? 
And so I was like, hey, you know, you really don't need to rely on this. And also, it's not even meeting the parameters of the assignment anyway. Like, by doing this extra step, you're generating more work for yourself. <laughs> and they were all... Which they can't even fathom. No, they were all immediately so embarrassed and apologetic. Like, they... Because, you know, I'm, like, sending them a little message from my end of the computer. And they, like, make eye contact with me. And they're like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, I'm not mad at you. I just want you to know that this isn't necessary like you're so much more capable than creating this extra work for yourself what I do think it comes down to especially for English teachers we have to think outside the box in terms of the types of prompts that we are asking our students to write to and respond to um, if it's purely formulaic that a, a, a chat bot or whatever can make it um, is that necessary like I think it makes it brings into question um, Especially the first time I saw it and experienced it, I kind of had this feeling of doom and gloom, like, oh, my gosh, my job is sort of useless. Um, and then as you kind of look at it a little bit further, you realize, like Sam said, there's no writerly voice. There's no um, concept of organic um, conclusions or thinking through those things. And so it really comes down to what kind of assignments are you asking of your kids? Um mm-hmm. And in your writing, um, we're about to start argumentative writing. And I've already kind of thought through this idea of with chat GPT being so prevalent, um, it'd be very easy to say, write an argument against people smoking under the age of 21 or whatever it is. Right. Um, But for me, the way I'm going to package that a little different is they have to use personal experiences interwoven into their paper. Mm -hmm. That aspect. Yeah cannot happen from no, chat GPT. Yeah. Um, and so that's, I think, the way we have to reframe our thought with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when it first came out, I was like, oh my gosh, in five years, I am going to be useless. No, no, no. <laughs> but it does, it, it kind of was startling to me, um, just the amount of data that's out there in terms of you can use it to pass certain college level classes mm. people used it for these you know and yeah, and, and like the master, MCAT. yeah the wharton business school yeah. um it passed their their final paper mm-hmm. yeah and and that's alarming to me because if that if, if that is our job as teachers is so that i can send you to college and now college is you're you're getting this chat gpt thing and so now all of your essays are written for you here's your a and you're done um then what, what use am I as a, as an instructor, if, if that's only what I am doing? Well, and I, I think it's hard in the English community anyway, because I think if you were to poll English teachers, like you already feel like you're fighting a losing battle for literacy. Like kids don't want to read. They don't see the point in reading. Um, so kind of like the last frontier is writing, right? We're like, okay, well, at least write this for me. So if you're not going to read a book ever, which is fine. Like there are plenty of adults who never read a fiction book and are excellent adults and like doing incredible things. Um, However, you know, like writing is something that we can fall back on, like your presentation of ideas. And so when that rug suddenly gets pulled out from you, I think it was like dark days. Like if you were on like English teacher groups on the internet or like threads or whatever on social media, like a bunch of English teachers were very like, everything is over. It's, it's done. Right. Cause our profession feels very sort of attacked. And I think too, um, English teachers have to read all of those essays. Mm-hmm. And so if it becomes too formulaic, it's very easy to then, like you said, Oh, it has this perfect pattern of 
let's say it's a five paragraph essay and they're exactly six sentences per paragraph and you you teach it that way now you've made your job even harder because Mm -hmm. you won't now detect that difference does that make sense like if if you are only teaching this formula let's say now if you were really relying on a formula right right Mm -hmm. if you're really relying on that um not to say that you're not reading every single essay um, as an English teacher, but I do rely a lot on just visually does this look authentically made by a student, little things like that. Like there are just some tells in student writing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not using the word verisimilitude out loud in your daily life, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to suspect that there's, if you've never used a period and all of a sudden you're using a semicolon. I have questions. Right. Right. I mean, it, it just syntax and stuff like that. Yeah really really are telling but yeah i think at first it was very sort of doom and gloom i think my fear is what happens next with ai like okay so this this thing is made by humans and as it gets better and better will it ever start to sound organic will it ever absolutely will right absolutely and, and at will. that point we're we've entered the matrix and i i'm done with the job <laughs> me and sam are out like i don't right. really yeah. know what that looks like <laughs> Because it can already create poetry. It can already do some things that, well, based off what we know from it already, that it can pass some of these. um, Can I ask a question that I feel like? Okay. It feels like syntactical naggling, but I mean it authentically. So saying like it can create poetry or can it generate poetry based off other generated or created poetry? That's a valid question. And in in my business, like I, you know, I uh, utilize some. AI to create some visual um, media mm-hmm. and and there's absolutely discussion about is it is it art is it not is it new is it not because it has to reference it's a model it has to reference mm-hmm. data right mm-hmm. so is it organic no but then I'm going to be the person who's going to say well if you've ever read poetry or read short stories if you are to write those things is what you're creating organic or is it Somehow a reference of those things. It's I don't have the answer. Okay. No, it's a synthesis. Right. Like, right. So, but, so it's like, I guess I mean like, actually, how does it work? <laughs> right. That so I, is I it can't. making like all new fresh things or it is it is like not copied. phrases from here, a line from, you know, like. Right. It's not like pulling lines from to build a fire and then like. You know, apple picking and, then, <laughs> and Robert Frost. I thought I'd, you know, add in the well, Americana I do love, duo. I do there. Love Robert Frost. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. But, it, but it is drawing, this sounds weird, but it is drawing inspiration from those things in a sense, right? right. Because so it's it has that constrained based off what it knows. Like, I don't so, think inspiration is so, the right word. Okay. You well, know, like, I think that inspiration is Sorry, like I opened the, up the human naggling door. element. Um, right. I think reference data. There okay. we go. Okay, uh, is like yeah. I, I guess that's my fear, though. Are we? Is it like is if we it, were to ask ChatGPT to? I'm going to use words that maybe we don't agree with, but let's use like create. Okay, sure. sure. Uh, you know, a, an essay about something that happened this week. Well, it doesn't have that because it didn't reference any data in 2023. I think the last time it referenced data was 2021. So it can't do that. It it can only output based on its own input so if you said hey right in it's easy for me to think about like the visual um media component like uh mid journey or dolly or anything like that those ais like if i asked it to output in a style that it doesn't know it can't do it Mm -hmm. 
Right. And that's going to be the same. And does it just say like, no, sorry. Like, well, it's going to, it's going to come do? up with something. Well, but, oh, it does. But, okay. But as far as I know, I, I don't use chat GPT, GPT enough to do that. Like I'm not like sitting at home, like well, I'm going to create an I'm essay. Sorry. I meant for your art ones. Like uh, what happens if it's like bamboozled? It just tries to create something. And so I think that that's what's sort of misleading about this. Like whenever we say artificial intelligence, like in machine learning, that kind of thing, like they, they are still, they can still only do what humans have programmed them to do. But like are we based any on different? The, can we create music or art, poetry, written word, and without based on anything reference. without any nothing, human experience? Right. Nothing exists in a vacuum. Right. So, so that's right. Right. So if you're telling me this now as an English teacher, right, going back to this idea, in three years, Will it have voice? Can it? Can it give? Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, those, these are hallmarks. I can see where you as a writer, concerned. right? Uh, but for me, as a as a former math teacher, to say, okay, pull up, you know, like get on board. Like this is something in the math world, like yeah. where you could just type in any math well, problem math and get the answer step by step forever. Right. Like, it's called the calculator. Well, no, well, but, but they had like, Wolfram Alpha. Wolfram yes, Alpha. Yeah. And there's lots of different ones. Um, and ChatGPT can do can solve math equations too. But like, you have to rethink about how you assess, like I, or I, what I, you yeah. assess. Correct. But it, it also turned into like, I, you know, if you can't get this done in front of me right now, mm-hmm. I need, I need to really think about how I'm assessing you. Because if you can take this problem back home or out of my classroom yes. in the right. hallway with your right. phone mm-hmm. and type this in and get the steps, and then come back into my classroom and answer it, then it's not very good information. It's not a very good assessment. So I need to think about, are there problems that I'm, I'm gambling, like that you can't memorize, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and playing around with those things. And I think it'll have to be the same way. Like what, what's the educational purpose of an essay, mm-hmm. right. you know, and, and regardless of English classes, science classes, all those right. different things. Like I think for higher ed, it's way more concerning. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. And I've reached out to uh, Melanie O'Loughlin Cassidy, who's the assistant dean at Logan University in St. Louis. And we'll probably have a conversation with her sometime in the future about how that is affecting higher ed. But I thought we'd kind of approach it from, you know, the high school mostly Mm -hmm. um, aspect and then dive into it more because it's going to change constantly. Um, You know, it's tough. Uh, I kind of lost my train of thought there. I'm so sorry. No. No, I um, just, yeah, go ahead. You were talking about oh. f- formulating assessments. Yes. Continue. So can we change how it, the purpose of an essay is not just to write essays because right. that's not very functional in yeah. adult life. Like yes. adults aren't just going around like, oh, I wrote 12 essays this <laughs> week. I'm adulting. Here's my, I'm give me my salary. It. But there's obviously, you know, other skills that they need to learn. Right. And uh, so is there, we have to rethink about what that task needs to be that to assess and teach that skill. Mm-hmm. I would argue. No, really? If you, yeah. Uh, my, my, my argument would be if you were teaching or if you're focused on teaching uh, the appropriate skills that you're supposed to get out of a communication arts classroom. Anyways, that ship sailed when the internet was born. Mm. Fair enough. I, I'm with you on that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, because yeah. A- anymore, like, and I emphasize this whenever I was in my history classrooms, like 
I don't care if you remember when the War of 1812 right. was, okay? But please. <laughs> but it's in the yeah. uh, But like, I don't, I don't care if you remember those dates because you can literally Google right. it. Like, right. you can have that information like in a split second. And so that doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Recall is not nearly as it important. Is, it does not matter. And so what does matter is how you use that information and how you, you uh, use that information specifically to construct your thoughts and opinions on a matter. And ultimately, you know, you ask like, what is the educational value of an essay? That's at least from my perspective, that is the point of an essay is to construct your thoughts. And but does it have to be written? Can I give a, a, like a speech or some sort of like verbal rhetoric about what that, you know, I mean, my, constructing that, my thought that I wouldn't be able to utilize chat GPT in the moment. Like it's tough where you have to like give students time to create outlines where they could just memorize the speech that an AI wrote for them. But then that just goes back to how are you assessing them? So like, I don't know if I give all that many um, essay assignments. Mm -hmm. Truly none. Yeah, I was like, I don't know if I At give any, aside from, um, for English too, we have to teach blended writing. So that's why we're doing this persuasive piece. So they will write for that. Um, again, with that lens of you have to put your own voice in it with your own perspective, your own experiences, your own authentic experiences. Um, but I'm thinking back to even our final. Our final for English was not an essay. It was tell me how you know the theme of a book, oh, nice. however way you want to show me that. And they and it was multimedia. They could use all kinds of different ways to show me. And it's very evident if you read your book or not based off of your yeah. output, what you made. Um, so I don't know if, I don't know very many English teachers that would be in the, like that would say that they do just as an English teacher, essays. to be honest, I'm like not concerned about chat at all. Okay. Right. Okay. Like not at all. Like it's not even, I think in, if anything, it's exciting because there's like some things like, as an educator that I'm like, chat GPT could do that for me. Right. Oh, that's yeah. so okay. nice. So this is going in a different direction than right. I thought. Like really? I thought you were going to be hard line. No. no, it makes me kind of sad just in the, um, like the value of like, I have different values obviously than some people. Right. So like being able to critically think and form ideas, like I'm always worried about things that are like a crutch like that, just on a, a personal level, like what I want for children in the future, you know? Um, but as like an educator in my classroom, I'm like, in this place, I am the monarch. And like, right. this is merely a surf in, in my hierarchy. And I think like students trying to use chat GPT in that way is like indicative of a larger problem with the mentality we have towards education. Yes. Wherein it's like, oh, this is like arbitrary hoops I need to jump through mm -hmm. rather than understanding and emphasizing like the skill that you draw out of it. Like, obviously, like it doesn't matter ultimately later in life if you read To Kill a Mockingbird and could summarize it in like a three paragraph essay or something mm -hmm. like that. Right. Like that doesn't matter. But what does matter is being able to digest that media and like yes, being right. able to construct Damn. your thoughts. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, think about it. And so really like. Again, like scrolling through TikTok, it like the people that I see who are like, well, education is dead and it doesn't matter anymore. I'm like, you must not have been a good educator in the first place. Mm -hmm. Like if you honestly think that humans won't still need to be educated in any way or like if you were just facilitating that check a box mentality, mm -hmm. like yes. the students in your room should understand why they're learning what they're learning besides just because it's defined in the curriculum. Right. Like 
the curriculum is there for educators to make sure that we're getting through the material we need to get through and not just like spending all year on World War One or something like right. that. Mm-hmm. You know, like making sure that there is a certain breadth of, of information that is covered. But it just it doesn't make any sense to me, like why a good educator would be concerned about it. Well, you know? and I just think all of education is an opportunity, right? So if somebody turns in a plagiarized assignment, an AI generated assignment, like whatever, and you pull that over on me, that's not my failure. You're throwing away your opportunities to do stuff like that. That is nothing on me. Right. You're you know, like the world, I'm not like you're going to let the world think for you. Yeah. Like your right. whole life. Like, I'm sorry, okay I tried it. to bring you this opportunity and you were like, I don't have the time for it or, you know, whatever. Right. Okay. So, so I feel like we could go down this rabbit hole for a while. Uh-huh. Um, I want to kind of get on some other topics within this topic. So so there are schools Uh and entire education departments that have said, boom, this is banned. No chat GPT allowed on our networks within our buildings. Embarrassing. Pretend like there isn't an outside world. What? What? There's (laughs) internet. There's (laughs) outside these four walls. No. Have a phone. There's, there, you definitely won't have unlimited access to those kinds of things. Right. Relatively unlimited. So what, when you hear that, what, what are your immediate thoughts about schools banning that? Or, so, or creating policy even to say, hey, if you've used this, you know, there's some sort of... Foolish mortals. This is not how this is going to work. So what, yeah. what would be your recommendations? To those schools? Or, or just or in like general? For your classroom, for your school? So like... I've seen a lot of other research that suggests that we encourage them to go on and do it and give it a score with your rubric, with whatever criteria you're looking at and say, look how crappy this is at doing the thing that I asked you to to write about. And here's where it's where the pitfalls are. You're showing the class. Here's the prompt for the essay here. I type this prompt into chat GPT or whatever AI here's, I already beat you to it. Right. Like, here's what it's going to produce. So, yeah. One, that's a really great tool. And when when I hear that, um, like, okay, all right, here's a reference for me to look at. Right. Yeah. Uh, You know, an example essay, but it also means that, you know, I can't just type this in. I I mean, it's the same kind of, I guess it's not the same, but I think about Wikipedia, Mm -hmm. right? Um, When Wikipedia first came out, it was... Well, kids are just going to cheat on this and use their Wikipedia and copy and paste, which and they, they do. They do. Yeah. Right? They do. Pro tip, take out the hyperlinks. Yeah, please. Um, but, but, but I tell my kids, I say, guys, the first place I start when I have yeah. a new concept and something I'm unfamiliar with is Wikipedia. I want an overview of what's going on. I, you know, there's some good information there, but I need, I need to backtrack and find where they yeah. got that information. Those sources. Yeah. And there's references on the bottom yeah. that are beautiful and right there and you can click on them and go through them that way. Um, so I think chat GPT can be a tool in that same way that like Wikipedia is where here's, here's what it can write for us. That's so mm. cool. Let's score it and see really, is, is it doing the things that I'm asking it to do no does tiktok count as research yes absolutely oh, yes oh, okay i've right. um, definitely seen like three different teachers say, on tiktok talking about lesson plans that like those resemble mm-hmm. like what you're talking about there i would right? say tiktok counts as learning 
not research. Mm, I but disagree. I researched it. Mm. I searched it again after. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Eric and I have talked about this before that I think post um, the age of, you know, like easily accessible um, information. information, everybody is like, I researched it. I'm like, homie, you read an article. And like, right. that's great, but you <laughs> learned a little. Like, you didn't, you didn't do any sort of like study. I you talked to Larry read. at the gas station. <laughs> Hard research facts. <laughs> it was qualitative analysis. Anyway, um, I think so as somebody who's currently studying policy analysis, um, I think any policies where there's no harm done, right? Like, let's say people were dying. That's a different situation. But any reactionary policies that are based in fear are always going to be bad. So, like, if you're just banning chat GPT because you're like, this freaks me out and I don't know what to do with it. Like, that's just bad. Like, you're just you're just making bad choices. Like, I'm so sorry. Um, but I do think it's something that can very easily be harnessed as a tool. I don't know if your admin listen to this. And if they do, I'm so sorry. Eric had to do this unit of instruction thing yeah. for his professional development plan that I thought was garbage. I should have just plugged it into chat GPT. Literally, like, that's what I said. I oh was like, God. babe, have chat GPT write it. Don't do this. I see no purpose wow. in this. Don't do it. Like, wow. I, like, sorry to his people. I think you're cool otherwise, but I think well, that's I think a terrible idea. At this point, I think it's pretty clear that I didn't do that. You didn't? But no. I, oh, no. I mean, you didn't do it at all or you didn't put it in chat gpt i did not put it in chat gpt i see no i'm I'm missing like two or three text boxes and then all my supporting evidence but it's, okay yeah um or like i think as an english teacher one of the struggles that i do encounter is like uh, i've had admin in the past they were like just change the numbers on your test question just change the numbers on your test question i'm like well i can't like, that's not how it works. There's a finite amount of information on this book. But I could be like, dear chat GPT, please give me 10 discussion questions based off of my cement. And then I could like, you know, swirl them and around a little bit. Tailor them to your needs. Yeah, and yeah. we're I in business. I love that you're so like, have that relationship that you're like, dear chat GPT. Uh, <laughs> I treat all things in life like a diary. I mean, it's a pen dear pal. listener. <laughs> I mean, I you should. Because when, when AI takes over, you're going to oh, remember that you're nice. Nothing is How not very polite. forward <laughs> yes, That's right. But yeah, you can use chat GPT to write your lesson plans, to write... Parents, those emails. lesson plans suck. Those lesson plans, um, the lesson plans. Nobody's reading them. But nobody's so reading them. Nobody's reading them. Like if you are oh, I see at a school oh. that requires you to turn Just in those 10 page lesson plans, no Here, one's looking at that. Right. Here's nobody's my reading. thought. If you're scouring the depths of the interset, in, internet uh, for an example of something. What like, kind like of depths are you scouring? <laughs> <laughs> like, let's say oh, we have to do a syllabus for a brand new course, and maybe this was just dumped on you. And if you're looking for an example or a reference to something, chat, chat GPT could be a great tool to do that because yeah. that your syllabus yes. being right. 100% authentic to you in your own <gasps> voice, no, nobody cares. How yeah. many students are reading that syllabus nope. anyways? Nobody. Just, right? nope. I'm the only one reading it. Right. I, don't right. even, I don't even go over it with them anymore because I know that I just they like, don't. Be a person in my room. Thanks. So there are tasks that it can, it's a really efficient tool as has been referenced for sure. Um, Okay. I I guess though, I go back to this idea of if it can create art, Mm -hmm. is that art? Is it, and and, and, you know, I think of poetry, I think of, I think of creative writing. So if I were teaching a creative writing class, um, I do see where I might be a little 
skeptical skeptical of some things if I said, write me a poem about nature mm-hmm. or something that is of whatever in, in that creative lens um, where maybe I would be a little concerned in those sort of aspects. Like, yes, you can recreate some different assignments, but if, if they're only using that, right? Like if they're right. Yeah. What, what does that look like? And is that still of merit? Because I had to make it grab the data of these particular things. I had to refine Mm -hmm. that. I had to, you know what I mean? So I guess that's maybe where I struggle or like the art piece of it, like the AI paintings that it can create. Okay. I tell it to make a Banksy hippo or whatever. Yes. Um, (laughs) And it it can do these Mm -hmm. incredible things. Is it, is it lying? Is it cheating? Like if I were, you know, or is it just, (laughs) it's such a, a difficult question to answer. Like the, the aspect of, is it art? Well, if I walk outside and I see a piece of nature that I find beauty in and it is inspiring and creates something stirring within me. Is that art to me? Yes. But did nobody created it? And we could go into the philosophical debate about faith and all those various things. But art has this very uh, interesting aspect about the creation of said art and then the consumption or interpretation of said art. I could create something that I think is art and you all could be like, yeah, don't care. Is it art? Maybe not to you. Is it to me? So it's, it's subjective. It's tough. And Eric has something he wants to say. I want to hear like like a bajillion things that I want to say. You know, I just, well, I I don't know if I can because my brain's going like (laughs) eight different directions right now. Uh, I said art is in the, in the eye of the beholder, right? As long as like at the core of it, as long as there are humans, those humans will want to express themselves. And as long as there's a a diverse population of humans, there will be a diverse ways, a a diverse set of ways that they want to express themselves in like whether a computer is also able to do that or not. I do not think like uh, independent of education. I do not think that that matters because humans will still want to make music. Humans will still want to sketch a picture. Humans will still want to compose poetry and have a good like conversation and humans will still want to perform and maybe they'll perform a script generated by AI Maybe that's somewhere along the line, but they will still want to perform. And it's interesting to me because like time and time again, you, you see like these like trust fund kids that like end up just like pursuing the arts in some way. And it's almost like, you know, whenever we have these labor saving devices, we call machines and all the different ways that they exist in our world today. We like a human, a human, when they do not have to fight for their food, will choose to pursue the arts to choose. They choose to find that creative self-expression. And so as we come up with like more and more tools to do more and more of this workforce, because ultimately like that's what AI is going to lead to is more and more efficient, like systems of distribution, you know, it's going to lead to more and more efficient ways of collecting data that will facilitate like, I don't know, maybe we feed third world countries. The only reason we don't right now is because there's not profit behind it, but that's a whole different like right. discussion, but like that's where AI is going. But as long as there are humans, they will want to express themselves creatively. And that's why I'm not actually concerned about AI like infringing upon or like encroaching upon our sphere in education, because ultimately like somewhere like, okay, I get inspired. I, I hear somebody playing trumpet and I'm like, wow, that's super incredible. I want to be able to do that. Where are you going to learn how to play trumpet if not from somebody who plays trumpet? Like, sure, Chat GPT could probably put out a list of instructions on how to play the trumpet. Where's the passion? 
Where's the soul? Where's the connection? Like the whole point is like, we as humans are communal beings. We want to connect with each other by participating in these creative forms of expression. And we will seek that out regardless. And I just, I do not think that AI actually like encroaches upon that. Like, I don't think that education is threatened. I think that education inevitably is going to have to be focused on those arts and humanities, like as much as possible, like more and more as that is like taken I don't want to say taken away from us by AI. I guess but offered more opportunities to do those things, right? Because yeah. you're not having to go out and hunt for your deer meat or whatever. Right. Now we don't do those things anymore. Right. Well, um, some of us don't. Well, but that's again, a larger discussion about the structure of our economy and like the reasons that we don't house and feed all people. Right. Like, why do I have to earn my living? I didn't ask to be born. Right. That's besides the point. Well, it's tangential to the point, but like, I think it's sort of related. So, yeah. yeah. But anyway, so, and that's, I don't know, just sort of like, that's why I have like a million thoughts about it is because really like this was street marks. Okay. Like he talked about this back in the 19th century <laughs> about how specifically like machines, like completely, completely negated the need for like differentiation between the sexes. Right. It's not because like, Oh, all people are equal. It's like, yeah, all people are equal, but like literally machines are what like delineated the need for different roles based on gender. Like the fact that machines can do all of the heavy lifting and now we're getting to where machines can do like forms of the artistic expression. It's like, you know, right. like he, he talked about that in well, the 19th century. So many things that, that we can address here, right? Yeah. Let's go. Like if we, if you are a person who is nervous about chat GPT mm -hmm. or any other type of AI, I have bad news for you. It's probably only going to get worse for you. Well, it's here. Oh, yeah. it's, it's not going right. anywhere. You, you, you open works. the box. The and, box has yeah. been opened. Yeah. So. For the same people who are really nervous about like the internet or the access of calculators. Or the printing press. press. Or, right. Yeah, right. Any piece <laughs> right. of technology. Right. This is here. Um, it's not going away. And there's nope. so many benefits that this can provide society um, that we need. I would suggest leaning into it and learning as much as you can from it and how to utilize yeah. it, how to allow it to help your current process. And with so many things, we have to learn how to adjust. But just think about how it can improve our lives. Like what else can be taken off of our plates and our lives mm -hmm. to let us advance to the next level? Logistical management. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, and, you know, and I do feel for people let's say you're an author or a poet or somebody who creates art and these AIs are referencing your work and then generating content in a similar voice or manner. Right. I'm sure that's tough. I mean, but how can you leverage this to advance society as a whole in terms of creativity? I, and maybe that's a terrible thing to say, but I, I just think that there's so much more, um, on the horizon for us because of these things. I mean, let's beg a question here about like art created for the purpose of making money, like art, because I need to pay the bills. Like, is that, is that art? Like, did I put the paint on the page because I just was so moved by the butterfly or whatever, you know, like, <laughs> it's like, like I felt so moved I needed to paint it. And then like selling it is just like a side effect. Or like, do you specifically focus your energies such that you put paint on the paper so that you can make money? Like, is that still how or how, I guess, right. is that different? I feel like we've kind of talked about this, maybe yeah. you and I personally, but yeah, there, there is that conversation. I think art is art. Um, and 
Yeah. And sometimes you have to do art that you don't want to do <laughs> to pay the bills. Right? And is that still art? Well, it might be to, to the person on the transactional side of it. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes taking, doing portraiture to me is yeah. not a very fulfilling artistic endeavor. Well, I even but for some of, people that it, it's, it's the, their world getting that portrait right? of their newborn baby. Yeah. You know, a wedding, what have you that is, and they cherish it. Yeah. I don't. I enjoy being able to just go out in the middle of nowhere and take pictures of things that interest me. To me, that's my art. So there's that subjective nature to this. I mean, I was thinking of even like tattoo artists. Oftentimes you go in with an idea, if not even Mm -hmm. the piece itself ready to go put, be put on your skin. And that artist has no say in what they're doing to your body. It's purely yours. Trying to put 10 pounds of crap in a five pound bucket. Right. (laughs) You know, but you know, whatever it is that, you know, that's not art either, but it's also paying the bill so that they can find that client that would allow their artistic. Right. Well, and basically the whole history of art, somebody is paying to consume the art. Like, I'm not going to say like cave paintings, but like since the Renaissance for sure. You don't know that. No, that exactly. Yeah, you don't know. (laughs) Did you talk to Larry? Did you talk to Larry at the gas station? Yes. He talked to me about that painting. He talked to Larry the Cucumber. At least in Western art history, art and music history, like that is what has defined the history the bourgeois of, consumes yeah. the art the proletariat like, makes the art. Like we don't we don't know what the the peasants or the, like the the common person like what they were specifically experiencing in terms of art literature and music in in the 15th century and the 16th right. century you know because that's not what was preserved because that's not what was paid for so i mean it is defined by those those power structures yeah. if we can jump back to like some of the educational aspects of this yes how many of your students in their first initial like research or independent task when it comes to a project is they immediately like Google something. Oh, about this. I'd say because they're looking for examples and we do the same thing in our own lives. If Uh we don't know something, we look for examples to Uh reference, not to copy, you know, but, but to reference. And I think this is just a more efficient way to do that. Are there going to be people who try to, hand this off as their own original work. Yeah. But that was happening before. Mm-hmm. Those same people right. are not going to change their behavior, yes. but I think it can really benefit those people, those, those students, those teachers who want to use this in a, a positive way to, yeah. to make things more efficient or to reference yeah. or maybe to change styles. Right. I mean, the people who didn't want to think for themselves in the first place, weren't going to think for themselves in the first place. You know, like if they're just going to let chat GPT, like write that essay for them. I guess my question too is, do you think because of chat GPT and teachers already feeling the burn out of just life in general? um, And we have obviously this great calamity in our country where teachers are leaving in droves. Is, is this going to be another one of those nails in the coffin, so to speak, in education, where where it, so. like maybe yeah, English no. teachers and stuff are going to be like, well, no, because again, guess like, I'm throwing my hat out. You if know, if they were already doing their due diligence, this doesn't actually add anything to it. It's just like, oh, instead of copying a Wikipedia article, I copied a ChatGPT article. Right, right. It's same. And so principle. I don't, and so I would think, argue that it's yeah. Uh, so you feel like good teachers are still going to stay in the profession. It's not going to. Well, even good teachers are going to get burnt out. Right, right, right. I guess I'm just like, thinking like of some of those yeah. dinosaurs that are out there. If, I, if this would so let them go. For <laughs> those, <laughs> maybe for teachers who are scared by this because it's foreign and not because they right. think like their jobs are relevant, but just yeah. like, I, I don't know what to do with this. But 
and maybe they're the same people who are like, I don't know when somebody's plagiarizing. I don't run this through like a plagiarizer check. There are systems on the internet that you can Google and there's lots of different ones that you can use, but that are uh, backed by higher ed mm-hmm. to check for possible involvement by an AI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like th- it is not a perfect process. There are errors to be found. Um, it's still an emerging technology. Will it get better? Yes. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. Um, but ask for help. Let's see what other teachers are doing. There's great resources out there. Um, but instead of like fighting it and putting up an immediate brick wall because you don't understand something maybe Never try to good. yeah figure out how you can uh add this to your toolbox as a parent of an individual with a significant disability and somebody who taught individuals with disabilities i also see this as a really strong tool mm-hmm. to help those students who struggle to express themselves to be confident in that they were part of the process to create something mm-hmm. it, it's so um i don't know interesting interesting but also kind of depressing when you interact with somebody who struggles with verbal and written expression, like those thoughts and everything's kind of contained within them. And they, it is neurological that they, they struggle to express themselves. Mm -hmm. And some of these tools may help them do that. And sure. Some people will say, well, that's not their words. Okay. But if they are able to help draft these things through multiple prompts and and putting them through um, these AIs multiple times, it can also make your job teaching them more efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, I see a lot of bright things ahead um, utilizing these tools. I would also say too, like to get a high quality response out of ChatGPT, just from me like playing with it, you have to give it a high quality prompt. Right. And then there's like a ceiling where if the prompt is too high quality, like I'm thinking of those DOK level five things it like can't meet the bar at this time. I'm sure it's not going to be like that for forever. But there's one thing in one of the virtual systems that I teach for. There's a question that I love because it cannot be plagiarized by students at this point um, where it's like they have to read two poems. One of them is Robert Frostbone. Um, They have to read two poems and then they have to hypothesize like if these two speakers were to meet and give each other advice over a topic, what advice would they give each other based off the viewpoint that's communicated in the poems? And they have to use like evidence from the poems and all this other stuff. And like it's a very creative and unique prompt and uh, chat GPT can't do it. Well, uh, it tried. It was kind of embarrassing. And then like it can't be plagiarized because it's it's not a like oh right. i copied this prompt from somewhere and that's the thing like if you're just copying your prompts from somewhere and you're not participating in that authentic aspect of education yourself as the educator like it is really easy to cheat on your stuff yeah i'm sorry if you're just using in any form right, or you're just using teachers pay teachers yeah, right. as your curriculum and your source of assessing students then be prepared for low quality responses. Yeah. Yep. Um, and here's the thing, like we can, we will always find ways to subvert technology. Mm-hmm. We'll find ways that uh, chat GPT or any other AI won't be able to answer something, but then the arms race of ensuring that these AIs or whatever can address those things happen. Mm-hmm. But that's the great thing about learning. Like we are advancing society if you will if, if we're in that constant struggle um, that's a good thing because mm-hmm. the people who are always trying to take the shortcuts they're going to find a way to do it regardless if you lean into utilizing these tools 
it's going to allow access to those higher achieving students or the students who may be held back due to a disability or some other thing or economic issues to, uh, to kind of catch up. It, it's a find the benefit. I think, I think it will inevitably like it's what it's going to do is force us to reevaluate what our priorities in education are. Which we should have done a while ago. Which, yeah, you're absolutely right. right. It's like, only going to hopefully expedite some of that. Yeah. Well, and education in this country, I'm not going to speak universally, has lagged so embarrassingly behind technology for so long anyway. Like, we really do need that. Like, let's reevaluate, let's prioritize, and yeah. like address how our system is tackling what right. like, kids actually need. Yeah. And there, there are so many uses for. AI outside of just like writing or creating <laughs> right. art. Um, there are some really interesting uses when it's where you can input data about um, discipline within schools. And is it really as equitable as we think it is? Um, but if you're, let's say you're an administrator it's out not. there, <laughs> which that's a whole nother episode. Research yeah. says yeah. it's not. Let's say you're a, you're a school board member or you're an administrator and you're, you're bogged down by policy. Like, yeah, you can pay lawyers and you probably will anyways to write these policies. Or maybe you're the person who just copies another school. There are AIs that can help you do that. Chat mm-hmm. GPT can write legal contracts. There are other AIs that, serve as lawyers it's kind of kind of crazy have you seen it make sped goals Uh, i have not it can make if you you have to prompt it well like you need to give it the stuff but it can make some pretty good sped goals and if i think of any department that's so bogged down in a school it's the sped department well and to be fair like locally sped track is one of the largest um special education uh, services in terms of like creating managing IEPs and they have like drop down boxes and it creates an issue of like you know is this goal personalized for the student where an AI might be able to do that you might yeah. be struggling right. to be like all right uh, that the goal that I want is not in this drop down box well yeah. I could put in present level I could kind of put in you know areas um, that I want a goal to be in and th- that's a great use I wouldn't mm-hmm. have thought of that it was really um, cool yeah TikTok I think uh you know, along with like everything that we've already talked about, I think a lot of the narrative that this is going to kill education in any way is coming from outside of education. Um, really just like as part of that, like concerted, people who are hungry for the fall. Right. That concerted effort that is observable just in the world. Just pay attention to what your state legislature is doing. But like that concerted effort to undermine public education. Um, I think that that's where that message is coming from. And people are like way too willing to like eat that up. But I don't, I don't know of any teacher that has like truly been like, Oh, woe is me. Like education is pointless. Like this is going to be the end of it. So I haven't told you all this. So this may be surprising news, but my plan is to apply and accept jobs at multiple schools. And I just run chat GPT to teach like that's Yeah. I'm just going to be an AI teacher at like 20 different schools this year. So you're going to be making like $300,000 a year as a teacher? PSRS is like, I I hear what you're saying about like the dismantling public education. Mm. It just, (laughs) I chuckle because it's like, how is like privatized education going to suddenly? No, 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 that's not the point. (laughs) 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 Another 20 episodes (laughs) right there. Oh man. Um, Okay, we are 52 minutes in on this. Do we yeah. want any last thoughts before we try to wrap this up? 
embrace technology because it's not going to go away. Yeah. And if you can use what your students are already using and are exposed to, it'll only make you that much better of a teacher. So if you can stay hip and jive with what they're using, it, it definitely helps. Like, yeah. Yeah. No cap. Like it's really no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but for real, I think if you can you can show them, hey, I know what this does and I and I want to show you how mm-hmm. um how we can make it better and use uh, it as a tool. I think that the, that's gonna be the, the best way to make sure kids use something or get into something is to forbid them from doing yes. so. Oh for sure. Those schools that banned it also trouble. I just think like if you are a teacher and you're listening to this and you feel like our perspective did not represent your perspective well and you are really bummed out. I need a contrary opinion. Well, I would just always um, l- like never forget that you set the parameters in your space. Like I just teachers give away. Not that teaching is like a control struggle, but teachers give away so much agency in a way that just breaks my heart. So if you think some kid didn't write something in your room and you're really bothered by it, have them write it in front of you just like those math problems. That's what I told my AP class. They're brilliant. And I was like, hey, I know this is here. And if I think you're not doing your writing, you're doing your writing like on my desk and I'm going to watch it. So like, yeah, yeah. Just so you're just so we're clear. Like there are low tech alternatives to some of these assignments. Yeah. (laughs) So just just remember that you control your parameters and you accept what you want to accept as long as you have a good reason yeah. i'm not saying like get into some weird power struggle like that's not what i want yeah. stone tablets yeah. only oh, you're using quillbot here's a quill <laughs> write your paper <laughs> yeah. actually that's <laughs> kind of low-key love that though just pull whip out a quill and yeah. just like I have chisel, give him a stone <laughs> tablet there you go as the technology gets better, there will be a technique to using the technology the same way that there is a technique to using a paintbrush, to playing an instrument, to any of that. If if anybody's interested in like AI, again, in quotations, art, because that's a whole thing, <laughs> like Mid Journey is one that I find extremely fascinating. You can do some really cool things, but yeah, you have to know how to use it. Yeah. And we, we not we, but people call the Mid Journey AI Midge. You have to know how to talk to Midge because yeah. she doesn't. You're hand- Midge. She Midge. doesn't handle fingers very well. You end up with like four to eight fingers per hand. And like various <laughs> things like that. She can do. She can do a lot of great things, but you yeah. know, obviously there are flaws. Yeah. And like letters are just they're graphical interpretations. They don't have any meaning. So if there's a text in something, it's just garbled symbols or letters together. Yeah. Um, but learning how to use that technology is so, so important. Well, well said. Thanks for listening to Where the Whiteboards Are. If you have any comments, questions, uh, topic suggestions, anything like that, please feel free to reach out to us. We have an email address. It is WTWA at 277media dot com where the whiteboards are wtwa at 277media.com the opinions expressed in our podcast are that of the individuals and do not represent the opinions of their employers school districts or communities in which they work